This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. What's the best way to reduce? Eat plenty or starve yourself? 30 pounds in just 18 weeks. Jenny Craig totally worked. I love to eat, but overeating made it impossible to lose weight. That's my body right. wants bread, and I'm going to give my body what it wants. Oh my God. <laughs> so I naturally. Medical studies prove that overeating is the number one reason for weight gain. If you need to lose weight, you're to lose weight. Is that your overeating? Welcome to Fat Camp, a podcast that throws a comedy eye over our societal obsession of diets. Now, a little disclaimer, we are not health experts, but we are fad diet connoisseurs. I'm your host, comedian Grace Mulvey. And I'm your co-host, Connor Dowling. Welcome to Fat Camp. Connor, 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 we are back baby we're back are back i am delighted to be back it has been a long time since we've been able to record me and connor have been like basically world travelers for the last few months yes traveling (laughs) moving covid has been in the mix a couple of times as well we both got hit with covid can you believe not to not to disclose too much information but let's be fair it's fad camp you're gonna hear a better personal (laughs) life so why not let's just run through the entire the entire experience while we're here every crevice of my body um, but yeah no it's been sorry that it has been so long we're actually now recording remotely again because I am currently living in London and Connor is back in Dublin so we decided this is the only way to do it but you're going to get a little bit more video which is nice you actually get to physically see us it's very good we can see ourselves and we are feeling ourselves and that's saying a lot for us guys I think it's with fad camp maybe our just our confidence has grown but we were literally like aren't we gorgeous yeah I'm fixing my (laughs) hair and, and and pumping my beard right now it's just we feel, feel so beautiful these yeah. camera in, all i can say is invest in a good webcam and i swear to god it'll change your life you will it actually will be like i'm life. stunning it will change your life the whole pandemic we went through the pandemic with our crappy laptop webcams going why is my face so distorted and pale yeah. and pink yeah and now yeah. i'm looking at my face going connor you you're 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 a value you are of value to the human race with that beautiful face of yours. Because you look good, so you're Grace. of value. <laughs> yeah, because before I was like, I am not of value, I'm a waste of yeah, humanity. Yeah, so we were really going against the whole ethos of the of yes. the podcast where we were like, oh no, if you don't look good, you're, you're crap. Um, okay, but now I understand the Kardashians a bit more because I'm like, exactly. lighting with the webcam yeah. is essential. I cannot right, stop go. touching my hair. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Connor, do you know what we're going to talk about today? I actually don't. I'm so okay, excited. So, Okay, clothes sizing in shops, Connor. Oh, the bane of my life. Can, I, my life. can I, have you ever, like, do you enjoy going shopping, Connor, for clothes? Grace, I love clothes. I love nice clothes. I love cool, like, mm-hmm. different types of styles and all that. I And why don't you ever wear them? <laughs> oh, 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 it's coming. The gloves are coming off. It's, it's oh, oh, it's early in the morning, Grace. I wasn't ready for that. Oh my God, I need, I need a minute to recover that. We're going to take a brief intermission. Yep. Um, so, no, Grace, I hate going clothes shopping. It's triggering. It's triggering. Yep. It really it is. is. There's a lot of like... End of episode. I, <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing more to say about it other Do than... Do you enjoy clothes clo- clo- shopping? End of episode. No, um, and I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> 
So, Grace is like, oh, I've got all these pages of stuff. That yeah, Connor, you're I not going to like this. did a lot of research on <laughs> yeah. this one. Um, no, there are so many memories I have. I think actually all of them negative. I don't think I have one positive memory of going clothes shopping. <laughs> all negative memories, particularly being younger. Like, I don't know mm. how I yeah. found clothes as a teenager because yeah. like it just wasn't out there. Um, I basically lived in like those kind of parachute pants, like oversized oh, parachute pants, tear away O'Neill's. Like I know O'Neill's don't mean anything in people in the UK and the US, but like, trust me, the O'Neill's are a big deal. Do you remember it? like uh, normal people? Uh, the guy in Normal People was wearing those O'Neill shorts and it was became oh, like a second fashion. And, yeah. and Phoebe Bridgers for our American pals, Phoebe Bridgers was seen wearing O'Neill shorts when, I think when she was in Ireland. So everyone was like, yeah. oh my God, And I'm going to say right now, my 16-year-old self did not look like Phoebe Bridgers in <laughs> 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 We're like the true-to-life version of Paul Mescal and Phoebe Bridgers. We're the plus-size oh version the, of them. We're the plus-size podcast version of Paul Mescal. <laughs> You're just wearing that. I actually am wearing a gold chain. You know, you wear the gold chain. chain normally, but. <laughs> okay, anyway, we're going off point. But I don't think I've ever had a positive experience in a clothes shop. And one thing I will say is I always thought it was because I am fat and, have, you know, have been weight fluctuating throughout my life. But actually, even talking to a lot of my thinner friends or thin friends, a lot of people struggle when they go into clothes shops. Okay. And that is because obviously we we live in a time of like universal sizing. We don't get to clothes tailored to us. So everyone going into a shop is pretty much having an experience of kind of like having to, I think kind of like um, really look at their bodies and go like, okay, so what size am I? And then also like, you could be a size in one shop and then the next shop you go to, you're like two sizes up or two sizes down. And so everyone's having an emotion, emotional breakdown <laughs> going into these shops because they have no idea what their size are. Absolutely. Well, I thought you were going to say everyone's going to have, everyone has to look at their bodies and say, where did it all go wrong? Um, <laughs> because that's what it feels like when you're in the dressing room. Sorry, and you're cra- am I talking about myself here? <laughs> where did it all go? Imagine that's all you hear when you're in clothes in the changing rooms is you being like, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> Just every um, single stall. Yeah, like, I mean, and when you step into that little um, uh, cubicle to get changed and, you know, you're faced with the harsh light and yeah. <laughs> surrounded by mirrors on all sides and you're just like, oh my God, there I am, everywhere I turn. Every time I go into a changing room, I'm like, I can't believe my back titties. <laughs> <laughs> because all I can, there's like mirrors. It's like a hell, a personal hell. All I'm seeing is like, and as well, can I just discuss the lighting that is in a changing room? Like right now, as we said, the webcam has changed my life because I suddenly look incredible under this lighting. Why can't we get some good lighting in a changing room? Why does it have to be the harsh lighting of an interrogation room? I look shocking under those lights. It's like I can see every vein in my skin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I suppose if you were given the choice, you would never get changed six inches from a mirror. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the mirror is like right in your face and you're like taking off your clothes like you're you're that exposed. You know what I mean? Six inches from a mirror. It's so true. Like why am I in this dungeon of hell? Um, so yeah, listen, I wanted to discuss uh, clothes sizing today because it was a topic that actually I put off kind of attacking, even though I was so interested in it, because it seems like a really big thing to discuss, even though we all know in our like very right minds that there is something 
wrong going on with the way um, companies size their clothes because it seems like every company sizes it in a different way. Is there, Grace, are you going to bet to uncover some corruption that goes right to the top? You're like, I thought we were just doing an episode about clothes sizing, but this goes deep, Connor. You're like, this goes all the way to Joe Biden. there's going to be a movie made about me where like the CIA are at my door. Oh, it's going to be like Aaron Brockovich. It's going to be like Aaron Brockovich. It's going to be so fucking badass. I'm a plus size Aaron Brockovich going down to a sewer trying to find the clothes size. And you're like, why are they in a sewer? You're like peeling Um, away labels going, this this large is actually a small. And then some some woman's like, you need to leave now. Stop looking into this. Like the woman in the shop and I'm like, she's like, stop asking questions. Um, I've already said too much. You have to go. Your whole family's going to be in trouble. You don't want Primark on this, okay? You do not want Primark <laughs> oh, on this. Oh, shit, no. In fact, they're probably coming after us after this episode. Let's yeah, H&M are outside waiting on me. Um, don't worry, head stuff will have our back. Yeah, exactly. We're we're on the podcast network. Like, we're protected, yeah. okay? Yeah. So, actually, just a little quick story before I even go into all the research I have done on this. Um, I, tell me a story, I, Grace. Tell, uh, once upon a time, um, there was a chubby little girl named Grace. So, I... <laughs> Princess Tales to start it. Once upon a time, there was a little chubster walking around. So Once upon a chub, a chubbelub did chub. We have gone so off topic. I'm going to start this story. So, can we write a children's book called Once Upon a Chub? Chub. And it's just about a little chubby princess. That'd be cute. Once upon a that. chub. And she always eats the lollipops, chubba chubs. Um, so I worked, I, just after college, I got like this sort of internship thing in a fashion agency, right? Now, I just want to little, little, tell you something, Connor. This was my motivation day. So I was peak disordered oh. eating, really in a bad place. Motivation a, being uh, season two, episode one of Fad Camp, the very yes. destructive and intense uh, diet regime Grace was on that almost drove her to madness. Almost. Um, almost. Doing very well. <laughs> yeah, she's doing quite well. As you can tell from she the never Chubba Chubba episode. She never recovered emotionally. Yes. <laughs> but yes, so just so people know, that's that's what you mean when yeah. you say peak motivation days. Okay. Yeah, so I was on this very, it, motivation being, it's an Irish kind of diet um, program. So I was really, like I was probably at my lowest weight ever, but also incredibly disordered eating. Like I, I remember those days very distinctly. You know, when you have certain times in your life where you can remember the food you ate every day and it's oh like, God, it's like yeah. it's sort of, it has a color of like blue or something because it was also depressing. But I worked in this fashion agency and basically what the fashion agency did, it was where designers would send their clothes and we would represent the designers and then basically boutique owners would come in and they decide what they want to pick from each designer to sell in their boutique, right? So all of the clothes were in there were a sample size. Can you imagine what the sample size was, Connor? Small. Basically an eight to 10, a, a okay. UK eight to 10, okay? okay? So very small sizes. I managed to fit a jacket one time. I was very happy with myself. But um, of course, then I was like eating uh, cottage cheese while doing it and be like, I'm so happy. So um, the woman who worked there, though, I'll never forget it because we were talking about, you know, because the jacket I was able to fit into, I was not a size eight to 10, but for some reason I was able to fit into this jacket. So I was kind of discussing it with the woman who ran the agency and I was like, you know, I'm not this size. Like, how am I able to fit into this? And she went, and this woman, by the way, was like, uh, like uh, model-esque herself. And she goes, listen, 
sizes are bullshit. I'm going to tell you right now. I do not look at sizes. I look at the fabric. She was like, I can be like a size eight and something and then a size 16 and something else in this very showroom. She was like, essentially, all designers and people who create clothes are allowed to go up five inches or below five inches of a certain number and call it that size. So you could be a size, technically say a size 12 and a designer could go down five inches in that size and still call it a size 12. So it was something that really kind of like, and obviously that's very anecdotal. And like, I was like, I don't know if I can take that as gospel as to what, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the whole industry is about. But the fact that a person who was working in that industry went, oh, I don't look at sizes. Like basically the boutique owners who come in could go, oh, that pair of jeans from that designer is a size 12. Fine. We'll just say it's a size 12. But, the, but then this top will say it's a size 8, even though another, another boutique can come in and totally change that sizing. So that's why when you go into different shops, we can get so upset because we'll be like, yeah. I have it in my <coughs> head that I'm this size. And yet I'll go into flipping H&M and a sock won't go over my foot. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, why am I, you know, why am I doing this? So that was the kind of anecdote. The way I was coming Next thing you're on research. a foot diet and you're just trying to lose weight <laughs> from your feet. It's a whole fucking journey. Yeah, exactly. I've always been trying to lose weight off my foot. My pinky toe is too fat. <laughs> <laughs> my fat little pinky. So, Connor, the history, let's go into a bit, bit, bit about the history of clothes sizing. Connor, I just want to ask you a question. What do you think in human history has had the biggest impact on clothes sizing? On, on, on our... Modern clothes sizing. <coughs> oh, he's rubbing his beard. He doesn't know. Uh, oh, damn it. That's my tell. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't okay. know what, where, where, no, what no, angle you're putting enough. here. Um, I should have known you wouldn't guess. Um, war. <laughs> war has had the biggest oh, impact. Oh, of course. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they, like, like the, the advent of the sewing machine, the you know, yeah, like, and I'm like, like, no, no, it's like, that really destructive war that we all. No, it's actually uh, <laughs> nuclear warheads, Connor. How did you not know that? So, okay, I universal sizing is a fairly recent invention with earliest records resembling contemporary me- measurement standards at times dating back to the Middle Ages. Right in 1589, Juan de Alguia a Spanish tailor and mathematician, authored one of the first works on tailoring complete with illustrations of pattern shapes. Garments were made individually, so they had to be ordered in advance and were generally available to limited number of wealthy people. Okay. But then like say in the early 19th century, tailors finally started sharing their methods um, by publishing them um, only to discover there was a total disarray of metric systems and lack of standard sizing. Cause like, obviously they were making it, you know, bespoke, um, clothing. But basically the de- real development of universal side of sizing was ultimately spearheaded by war. So the Crimean War and the American Civil War required unprecedented numbers of uniforms. And so full body sizing systems were developed, making it possible to calculate like parameters based on like chest size measurement and stuff like that. So I just thought that was really interesting that it was like, wow. because they needed uniforms for war, <laughs> they were like, you know, we, we we need to be able to like make basically a ton of jackets, gorgeous go- jackets for people <laughs> and- to die in. <laughs> you know? oh <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but that's... <laughs> And when it's they, dark, but it's true. And, and when you go shopping and try to find, you know, the clothes that fit you, it is a kind of war in a sense. It's still, it? a, it's still a mental, emotional, and psychological <laughs> and war. And sometimes physical, you know. 
It is when I'm trying to get in those jeans. Okay. Um, so yeah, basically, um, but as you can imagine, that led to like, you know, men getting their uh, patterns for combined chest weight and leg measurements. So that came out with like kind of a single set of um, sizes that were rolled out for menswear, but obviously not for women. So that was the problem. So men and women's garments are generally based on different size systems. Men's clothing are primarily defined in terms of body measurement. Mm -hmm. Um, While women's clothes are basically kind of given a coded number of like to correspond with bust, waist and hip and height measurements. Sure. Basically, it just means that men's clothing is much more. And I do notice this even with jeans. Like I, my jeans are always like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to give it away, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming up to it a size 16. But basically like jeans are always like a 12, 14, 16, 18. But men's are always like, oh, a 32. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm always like, yeah. oh, why do they get the waist and leg measurements? Yeah. The yeah. dudes, dudes get it all. Um, <laughs> um, in 1939, the US government funded statisticians to collect waist measurements uh, for over 15,000 women, okay? But, Connor, what kind of women do you think they tested in 1939? I mean, I can only, I mean, it's we're talking the era of, like, the Great Depression, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine uh, people were particularly rich in... Uh, poor you know, people, ho- yes. Mm-hmm. Very poor people, because they paid them to take part in the study. So, okay. once again, it was malnourished... Okay. Women, oh but not only malnourished women, malnourished white women. So they did not oh measure God. any, basically any kind of woman outside of, of the white. Yeah, exactly. So white women were the only ones who were measured. Um, so as you can imagine this, if you're if you're only taking measurements of kind of malnourished white women, you're going to get a very specific <laughs> type of measurement. Um, oh so as a result, the data set represented basically no, not a particularly diverse group of women. Um so the 1941 story, uh, study w- was the basis of all women's clothing sizes in the post-war era, mm. says Lynn Baraji, who's like a, a department head and professor at the Oklahoma State University. Um, over the years, uh, and the data was, it never, basically also <laughs> over the years, it kind of the data was always used, but and it also never strayed far from the standard hourglass shape. Okay, despite the fact that 8% of women in the US have a true hourglass shape. So only 8%. Oh, okay. Okay? So if you think that we are all trying to go for that sort of hourglass figure and yet only 8% of women have it, (laughs) then we're we're really struggling. Um, In the the UK kind of had the same type of, uh, no, obviously I'm looking at very, as I say, like, so much research I can only ever find really on the UK or the US. Mm-hmm. Um, the UK kind of had the same issues where in the First World War, it gave a boost to factory production, closed factories. So there was a huge like possession of, of numbers um, of male body measurements, but not a lot for women. Um, so, and then of course you came with the Paris fashions, moved in with the corseted figure, uh, a more natural shape gave way. And that was between like 1908 and 1913. Only in 1970 was a labeling system for children's wear introduced. Okay. Similar to that provided for women's wear. And like, I mean, think about about Ireland, like, you know, you see photos of like your parents when they're children, they're wearing like a jacket and that's (laughs) their entire outfit. You know what I mean? It's just like covering their entire body. 
Exactly. They'll let you know that they walk like five miles in that jacket just to get to school. And you'd be uh, like, yeah, okay. And also at a certain point, you know, even in Ireland as well, kids, they didn't, they didn't make shoes for kids. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. kids shoes were very rare. So like, they'd be like, you know, wearing like, you know, the, their parents shoes or hand-me-downs were just like hurrying the fuck yeah, up to like, yeah. so they could fit into these shoes. So like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't the 70s till they were like, did you say it was the 70s that they started labeling, labeling. for children, for children? Children's, yeah, just labeling, <clears throat> like giving a size. But, uh, but they measured it kind of similar to women's wear, which is why I'm like, I find this very interesting where I'm like, if we're still starting out from a point, right, of women's wear being based on kind of malnourished white women, Mm-hmm. And then you go, and children's wear was kind of given the same measurements. I do find that interesting that sometimes I'm like, I remember when I was younger, I would be put into like women's clothing a lot quicker because I, I sized out of children's right. clothing. But there's okay. not that much difference sometimes. And that's scary. And you do find mm-hmm. that even like some grown women will be like, yeah, I can fit into some children's clothing. And I'm like, I sure. just think we might be sure. actually undersizing women. Um, but anyway, very quickly, just to end it, um, then you have alpha sizing, who the S, M, L, and XL, that kind of sizing. Um, this Which is, is kind what of I would used be more familiar like, with. Yeah, these sizes have been like used for t-shirts, stretchy, ca- casual clothing. Basically, brands combine two or three numerical sizes into a single letter size. So that's how they kind of get away with that. So instead mm-hmm. of being like, say like, oh, once again, the sizing that would be like 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, they'll just go, oh, we'll use like 16, 18, 20, put that into one size and that'll be XL. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, that's how kind of brands get away with that. Um, and, with, and with fabrics like Lycra becoming more popular, you know, it makes it easier for online shopping and all that sort of stuff. Um, retailers have found as well that, uh, that the male segment prefer shopping like that with the um kind of for their clothes in an s and l m or l kind of fashion um so obviously with the modern problem that's come (laughs) is that retailers now have to cater for a lot of diverse people you know what i mean there's diversity out there um and but it has led like different brands different brands owned by the same corporation will often have inconsistent sizing now that is mad to me so if you yeah. have like the same corporation that might own like say Zara and H&M, they'll just have totally different sizing systems. Shout out to Zara for always being an absolute hell to go shopping in. <laughs> um, and then of course you're talking about different sizing between countries. Do you know what I mean? Like the US has, yeah. I think uh, a 14 in the US corresponds to a 16 in the UK. Like there's like 44 in France, 42 in Germany. That's why like, you know, sometimes you'll look at it and it's a totally different like size. Oh, like you have to go online um, where, when you're shopping online and you're trying to buy something from abroad and it's like, I don't know if this is going to fit me. There is one site um, that called tpublic.com. A lot of podcasts like do their merch through tpublic and they've got really cool different yeah, types of shirts yeah. and all that. This is not an ad for tpublic. Are you saying we should get merch? <laughs> Possibly. Well, let's, let's see what our fans think. If, if our followers or listeners uh, think we should get merch, if you'd like to wear a little fad cam t-shirt with my face or Grace's Team Connor, Team Grace, hashtag Team Connor, hashtag Team Grace. You know, this is all just coming out. Of no, like, honestly, God, I've never considered this ever at all before. But... 
the thing about Tee Public is, you know, you can kind of customize your T-shirt. So I, I want yeah. this design on this type of color T-shirt on this type of material, right? And this yeah. type of fit. But then you also have the sizes. But what's cool about the sizes is you can click into it and it has a sort of guide. Maybe this is a common thing across lots of different sites. I don't mm. know. But it has all different types of models, different types of body types, different types of skin tones. Great. yeah. Like live action photographs of people uh, in, this is a person in a small, this is a person in a small yeah. with a loose neck, this is a person um, in a medium, extra large, et cetera. And they're all in various like body type um, and uh, 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 skin tone um, models, you know. So it's it really gives you a great idea. So you can actually look at and go, oh, that guy is about the same ish size as me and that's what that shirt would look like on me you know no I think that's perfect and like also I I, Hashtag I think Connor. it's great <laughs> Team Connor uh, you know what that would be really upsetting if like we did a Team Connor Team Grace this is like back in the day when they used to have Brad Pitt you remember like Jennifer you'd be like Team Pitt or Team Jolie or whatever it was it's like Grace the, uh, the, team, the Team Grace tank tops aren't selling too well I don't know, I don't know what to tell you you're like Connor my garage is full of Team Grace tank tops we need to fucking do something about this I imagine I'm like I can't keep wearing a Team Grace t-shirt myself I need someone to buy this it looks um, like you sold one Team Grace shirt <laughs> <laughs> we joke we joke now we joke uh, now it'll absolutely be the opposite oh yeah. hilarious you know you're loved right um Hashtag so yeah well, do you know what <laughs> team darren <laughs> we didn't even think to buy one right um you know so the kind of the future of sizing right as you said there you do see now um online retailers in particular being like okay a lot of people are buying online at the moment mm-hmm. i'm not going to go into like sustainability or anything like that that's not what we're here to talk about today the world's ending yeah, but fuck you sustainability. know <laughs> <laughs> to quote grace this is why the team grace t-shirts aren't selling <laughs> it says fuck sustainability on the back that's why <laughs> you Mine signed is- off on it you signed off on that grace <laughs> but um you know, you do see that online retailers are using a lot more like um, diverse models and they're, you know, they're trying to show that like what kind of fabric is going to work. They'll have sizing charts and stuff like that. But obviously it's still not a very like, I still find as well, particularly on ASOS, which I would have bought with quite a bit, you know, even when they're using the models, it tends to be quite a jump. I will say that in in sizing. So like I'm kind of one of these weird in-between sizes, right? And like sometimes you'd be like, you'd look at even the plus size section against the straight side section. I use that in in quotes, but that's just the way I'm going to describe it. Like there's quite a jump actually in body type difference. So it's like you still don't get like, unfortunately, a lot of the middle ground, like the kind of mid sizes in there as well. Um, But anyway, I will talk about that in a minute. But I just want to say kind of they say about the future of clothes sizing is going to be essentially they're trying to use kind of different technologies, which is like, Brands hire things like uh, Fit Analytics or TrueFit to advise e-commerce customers on their size that they should buy. So they're going to try, I think, starting to use things like um, not only your weight and height, but photos of you that you might provide to the online retailer. Uh, Fit Prediction Technology, unfortunately, has some like challenges, okay? Basically, like in order to kind of understand what someone's size is, it's actually like, um, you need not only weight and height, but sometimes, like particularly with women, you need their bust size. So 
more recently, attempts to predict size have failed because customers didn't understand why certain data needed to be collected. Okay, so we all understand that you might need like your waist size to understand, you know, understand what type of jeans you wear. But apparently you might need also need your bra size. So like JCPenney in the States tried doing a kind of, you know, fit prediction uh, about 12 to 15 years ago with pants. They would ask questions about bra size and it completely confuse people even though it was a valid question to how they were going to fit people into certain genes so it's a really like basically if you have a fuller bust you're more likely to have a fuller hip which means that like you might actually have to go up a size in jeans it's so overly complicated just shows you how different people's bodies are so basically Fit prediction uh, technology has been tried um, already, but it has totally failed. Basically, Japan's Zuzu, which was like an app, launched an ambition custom clothing project in 72 countries in 2017. It was named one of Time's best inventions in 2018. It was a social media hit. um, And you could use like a cell phone camera basically to to capture the measurements all over the body. Do like a scan of your body kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope they don't use this data incorrectly. (laughs) Imagine they were like, all you need to do is send us nudes and we'll tell you what clothes to wear. (laughs) I'd love if you did it. I'd love if you did it and they just sent you back like parachute pants, O'Neill's tear face. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, Imagine I took pictures and they were like, you need to cover that shit up. <laughs> They're like inconclusive like, results. You're like, what does that mean? <laughs> They're like, they just send you a poncho. Actually, one time, Connor, I'll tell you this, right? It's so funny. Like, this is how, like, I feel like my, this is just how I feel like my body is just a bit mad. <laughs> A bit wrong. Okay, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Basically, one time on ASOS, they were like mm-hmm. trying to figure out my size. So they they ask you for like, there's You're a crack team of fashion designers <laughs> trying to figure out Grace's size. What could it be? It's like a think tank. They're all there's like ten people in a boardroom. They're writing on the windows and doing equations and shit. It's a beautiful mind. <laughs> we can't crack this. Basically, I put in my weight. I put in my height. Right. I said calculate, and it literally came up as <laughs> this. We cannot compute your size. No. It was literally, we can't work out your size oh, based on your height. Motherfuckers. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh God, that's devastating. Yes. But I am a really, I'm quite a short person and I, and I weigh a lot. But the thing is, I also have a lot of muscle. That's why I always talk about BMIs being bullshit because I'm like, well, I am able to fit into your clothes. But they literally were like, you're not human. They're like, <laughs> you are, are you sure you being. didn't send us the measurements for a motorbike? <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. So anyway, Zuzu Clothing, the app. Even with all of this tech, great technology, a lot of the clothes didn't fit people properly and their profits fell. It was kind of like they had a lot of troubleshooting um, what? issues. Like, <laughs> basically like... No, <laughs> the science is there, people. I blame the people, not the science. It's like, you know, when you're like, we can we come up with a vaccine for COVID like in yeah. such a record time. How have we not been able to find out what my size is? How's ASOS? Like the ASOS site, my computer, my laptop just blew up the moment I put in my weight and height. Um, they're kind of like fashion media and academics predict a sort of clueless style avatar that might help people, you know, sell yeah. uh, customers on a style and fit. Clueless was way ahead of its time. Like I don't, oh, I want to yeah. talk to yeah. the writer of Clueless because like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
that they are they were able to like do this like take you know like it was like it was the dream that you had like a wardrobe like that where it was just fitted and everything ah, absolutely aspirational i um, have a similar experience and little story if you if you're ready for a once upon a job um once upon <laughs> Can I just say that should be on our t-shirts? Go on. <laughs> and then on the back it says "Fatally Ever After." Oh, <laughs> I love that. Go on. Um, I think I think I should just my career change into just designing merch because it just seems it just flows. It just flows. <laughs> Connor, I just want to say that like we started off an episode being like we're going to talk about clothes sizing, and then it was like literally Connor's brainstorming meeting for Bandcamp <laughs> merch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and coming up with my new catchphrase, which is hashtag Team Connor. <laughs> I just chub, said that chub, every chub. time I met people. I was like, hey, it's going <laughs> nice to meet you. Hashtag Team Connor. Um, it's a compulsion at this stage. I really can't help myself. Team, no. team Aniston, Team Jolie. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I went to, I went online at the start of the year and I was feeling like kind of, you know, motivated and wanted to change up my style a little bit and kind of, you know, because I've always struggled to find clothes that fit me. Mm, And mm. I often, you know, get to the end of the rail and the shirt that I like is they don't have it in the XL or the XXL, which is, you know, normally what I want. Not to, not to be giving away too much details. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like I literally was like, I'm not going to give my size, but this is my size. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, so often, you know, even just if there's a shirt that I like, it's cause it's hard for me to find clothes that I actually, you know, mm. like, and will be like, yeah, I would wear that. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I just purely just hate, like, and, and then yeah. possibly hate it because it just absolutely would not be particularly flattering on me because of colors mm-hmm. or patterns, etc. That's a whole thing in, in and of itself. Um, but, uh, I, I went online and I started like looking at a lot of, a lot of these like sites with like the kind of plus size models and like what looks good on like plus size men and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And I found a bunch of stuff, but there was this one site that I came across that was like, you know, find the clothes, you know, for you. And we have a whole, they're based in the UK and they've probably been on like fucking Dragon's Den or some shit. And basically yeah. the, the model is basically, we are like a kind of database slash online tailoring service so you put in all of your measurements and okay. point out some of the kind of styles that you like and then our like supercomputer genius algorithm will like scour all of the available like stores and warehouses wow. and sales and and you will get like you know given like a personal like you know virtual tailor who has like experience yeah. in the fa- fashion industry and you know they will like send you an email with like you know tips and ideas yeah. for what to wear and they will also send you like here's like you know, loads of different outfits and shirts and combinations and trousers and, you know, jackets, yeah. whatever. And um, and here and here are the links of where to buy them, you know. Connor, here. this is making me so nervous. <laughs> you keep, I'm like, oh God, this is going to be bad. So no, it's not that bad. But like, I... I kind of, whenever I see something like this, like it's, yeah. I'm, I don't get my hopes up too much because I have been let down with similar kind of stuff and gone into shops, massive shops and just found like fuck all and nothing. <sighs> yeah. And just stuff that I don't like. And, uh, you know, the whole thing is, is that they'll send you links to stuff as well. So you can just like, here's a shirt that will fit you that you supposedly yeah. will like and that will look good on you. And here's a link to just buy it and order to your house. So it's kind of like cuts out all of that annoying stuff of going yeah. into shop and yeah. trying clothes and all of that, like triggering stuff we talked about. Yeah, yeah. I remember like, you know, I sent off my details and all of that and I filled out the thing and I was like, right, forget about that. Four days later. I get an email like, hi, I'm Jean, your fashion assistant or whatever, or your virtual mm-hmm. tailor. 
and she get, there's this whole spiel it's like loads of like text and yeah, they've yeah, written yeah, like yeah. Oh, this whole thing and I'm reading it get down and they have found three shirts <laughs> <laughs> in the world <laughs> that they think would be would be possible I mean and Grace these three shirts were fucking shit they were so like there was like you know a, a navy fucking shirt uh, like and like two other shirts I can't even remember them but the, I just remember being so like I laughed I actually laughed it yeah, was so yeah, yeah, yeah. underwhelming and such like it's it's that kind of thing of when an algorithm does the job and it's like here you go here's your new wardrobe but the yeah, algorithm doesn't yeah. realise how hilarious it is to send someone three crap shirts <laughs> And be like, off you go, Mr. Fashion Star and you. I love, I love that, like, you got three shirts and I broke ASOS with yeah, my head. Exactly. <laughs> and, but, you know, but you know what the thing is? H- had I just have been putting all my faith into that service, uh, I, pr- I might have been very disappointed. Do you know what I mean? I might have been yeah, very, yeah. like... Um, oh, I there's nothing for me. I nothing will fit me. Yeah. These crap shirts that I could probably find in pennies or in duns or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in that four day period when their their computers were their their think tank were like you know brainstorming yeah. for things to yeah. fit me, I went online and I went on different sites and I looked at different sizes. I looked at the models and all that, and I found a bunch of stuff that not only. Um, did it fit but I actually loved you know what I mean so I found stuff yeah. that, and that's the fatly ever after part of the story that you know <laughs> fatly ever after. I, I had to do I had to do my own kind of research and I had to do my own kind of um, work and it, it was definitely more work than just being you know a certain body type and going to store and just picking stuff off the rack and it fits but perfectly but I will say this the this is the thing right that's the fantasy but what I think Connor is actually it's a fantasy for most people I, Mm -hmm. a lot of people I know, even when they go into shops, will pick something out and go, I actually don't know if this will fit me or not. I'm going to have to try it on. And they, again, could be a size 12, so whatever, and go in and they're like, no, this is way too big, way too small. I'm going to have to. And a lot of people, ASOS do a free return and that's probably why they're so um, kind of popular. They do a free return and that's because so many people haven't a fucking clue what their size is, really. They basically have to look at something, go, I think I'm kind of like this model who's wearing it. I'll order it in this size. I think it might fit. The amount of times I've bought stuff off ASOS, I've bought a wide range of stuff, tried it all on, and maybe in the same size, and I swear to God, it's like it's like a 50-50 chance. And sometimes I, and that's what I mean about when I got that advice from the woman in the fashion agency where she was like, you literally have to look at clothes. And that's why algorithms kind of don't work in a, in a way. And like the technology can only go so much because we have to actually look at the fabric. You have to look at the clothes and go, okay, this is kind of a, a bit, you know, like, and also it's like, you just have to look if it's like, or if it's like a bodycon dress, like if, it, but if I'm going to wear like a sort of smock dress versus a bodycon dress, it's going to be like different sizes I'll choose. I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but like, you know, you, the algorithm only sent you those three links because you gave very specific measurements and they went, these are the yes, measurements. Exactly. So we're going to get their sites and actually didn't look at the fabric where you're like, oh, like mm-hmm. I know this will fit me mm-hmm. and I know this will look good on me. And, and you know what else kind of, you know. I have I have even found in that online side of things is even when you find the stuff that you like, you know, that you're like, oh, I do like that shirt. I do like that jacket. Yeah. What are the sizes that are always the ones that are sold out? And it's the same in the shop, but you can oh, see the little X'd yes. out, you know, side. It's like the only sizes that are left are like the small, the medium, you know, the extra small, whatever, yeah, even if they have yeah. that. 
because and I think and I think it's quite common as well is for people to buy a size up you know what I mean to buy a size up especially when you're online because you just go fuck it I'll buy a size larger and it will yeah. fucking shrink in the wash you know because you ever buy something that fits perfectly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like yeah. six weeks later you're just like you're like the Hulk like fucking hulking <laughs> out of it like you know it's like it's just like shrinks says- because also because of fast fashion a lot of the stuff we buy like which we haven't really talked fashion. about because to quote Grace fucks to sustainability um <laughs> you know a lot of the stuff that we're buying is fucking shit quality, yes, you know, yeah, uh, dime a dozen yeah, material yeah. that is basically going to drink in the wash and going to wear and tear. So it's like, yeah. some people are like, fuck it, I'll just buy like, or I'll buy a, an extra large and an XXL and see yes. which one fits. Now, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I've really done that, but I can imagine people kind of having that approach. Oh, I've done, I've done the thing well. where if I really like something and I, I, I will buy two sizes of it online so Same. that I can just see what the hell it is. Yeah. But you know what as well, and this was great, a little tip that I found. Um, Hit me. The actress who plays Shiv on Succession mm. said, I was watching an interview with her and she said, what have you kind of learned? And she said, one thing I've learned about rich people is they all buy clothes. Clothes? They all clothes, buy clothes. 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 They don't buy clothes, they buy clothes. They buy clothes <laughs> in bigger sizes and they yeah. have it tailored to their body. Oh yeah. So she yeah. said, I will now buy clothes in a much bigger size, get a tailor to my body and then suddenly you have a tailored outfit. Wow. And I was like, no, not everyone obviously can afford this. That, of course. That's the, you know, but I was like, it is something now that like I try and buy less cheap clothes, buy better clothes and go into a tailor because do you know what? I'm sorry, but yeah, I've got a broad back and small tits. It's going to be difficult to get <laughs> an outfit for me. <laughs> like, and I'm not being like, you know, this, I'm not putting my body down, but I'm like, mm-hmm. if only 8% of US women have an, an hourglass figure, I'm imagining that kind of goes for probably a lot of other places. Now that's probably based on white women again. I, you know, I can't talk to the study, but like, I have to say that like, yeah, so the fashion industry isn't basing a lot of their clothes on diverse people. They're basing it on a very specific person. So I have to work kind of almost against them and go, right, well, I'm going to have to go bigger and then go home and yeah. and then like get it tailored to me. Can I just say one other thing I want to say when you told your story about, um, you know, when you're in a shop and you're going to the rack, there's a certain humiliation to the way that you have to go down the rack to get to your yeah. bigger size. And I'm like, I'd love to go to a shop sometime where they have the big sizes at the front and the small sizes at the back. Because like, you know, when you're like, yeah. that, if there's something, a quiet humiliation to moving the, um, you know, to, to, to moving like the scratch of the metal as you're moving the clothes forward and you're trying to get to your size at the back and you're just like, it's just always me. I basically don't even look at the front. I just shove everything forward and go to the back. And I'm just like, can we not once have the large sizes in the front? Like, fuck <laughs> it. Why? Why not? Why not? Let's it's, let's go mad. It's funny. When I was in America recently, there was a shop that I went into where they, it was for men's clothes and they did. And it was kind of had a bit of a TK Maxx kind of vibe to it, but a bit more of an emphasis on clothes and like maybe like kind of better quality stuff. Yeah. But they had these kind of... um circular racks I don't know what you call them but they had like each one was almost like a section for different sizes so like only go to this rack if you're looking for like small through medium only go to this section if you're looking through uh, uh, medium to large or whatever you know yeah. and so on so you could kind of just bypass all of the painfully like you know yeah yeah yeah, stuff, yeah yeah that's you know? not a bad idea actually mm, yeah. um you know segregate the sizes yeah, that's what we separate. want to hear separate. <laughs> separate buddy we want our own story right 
Welcome to Size Me Up. What are you looking for today? Yeah, hi. Um, I just want to buy some jeans, but how much are they? I, sorry, I can't seem to find price tags on anything. Ah, yes. Well, we price our clothes depending on how you look. If your body is acceptable, we charge you a normal price. If you have a hideous body, I get to decide how much it costs. What? What's an acceptable body? Hourglass. So how much are these jeans for me? Well, for an hourglass, it's 50. For you, 350,000. What? Where are you getting these figures from? Oh, surely I can give you an itemized breakdown of what I'm seeing in front of me right now. Mm. Wide shoulders, easily 20,000, straight off the bat. But. Yeah? You have small breasts. Oh. So, I'll take off 5,000, no problem. 5,000, come on. Sorry, my mistake entirely. 5,000 times two. But those thighs, those thighs of yours, hmm. We don't have enough fabric for those thylos. We will have to make a special order. That's 300,000. So you see where I got the number from. But... I know you're ready for the bad news. What's the bad news? Your ass. My ass? Yes, it's the mass of your ass, Grace. You have what we call a premium derriere. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, it's not a good thing. It's very costly. Of course it is. And your calves are weird. Well, how much is that going to cost me? Oh, nothing. I just don't like them. But that's my personal opinion. Now, do you want these jeans or not? Yes, please. I Know The Face is a movie podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network, hosted by me, Stephen Portio. And me, Andrew Carroll. Our show is all about character actors, the type of performers you'll see pop up in supporting roles in blockbusters, the type of people you know the faces but not the names. Each episode we pick one particular character actor and discuss a couple of their movies, shining a light on the performer's career while giving listeners plenty of movie recommendations. So the show is a must for cinema lovers. Subscribe to I Know That Face wherever you get podcasts and follow us on Twitter at I Know That Face P1. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. If you want to hear more bonus exclusive content for FadCamp, make sure to log on to Headstuff Plus and for as little as a fiver a month, you can support our show and other shows in the Headstuff Podcast Network and hear exclusive content from FadCamp. That's bonus episodes, photos, videos. It's a really good time. So we hope to see you there. Now back to the show. Um, so Connor, I'm just sending you a link here of a photo. And this um, was from a story that went viral not so long ago. Anyone can look it up. If you'd even just look up kind of jeans, different sizes um, on Google, you'll see this girl's tweet, okay? Her name was Chloe Martin, um, a teenager from Scotland who took to Twitter to declare she had had enough of size discrepancy on the Mm. high street, okay? So what, can you see the photo there, Connor? Yes, uh, looks like a bunch What are you seeing? I'm seeing a bunch of different types of jeans stacked on top of each other. Kind of like a Russian nesting doll, but like different <laughs> yeah. jeans. Yeah. And what would you say about the jeans? Like, what? Like, are they all the same size? Oh, or no, they're all, all different sizes. They're, oh, yeah. Like, I bet, yeah. are you going to say they're all the same size and you Connor, are size Connor, blind? Dun, dun, am, I, dun. am I size blind, Grace? Is that what you this are is? size blind. That is, these jeans are all the same size. They're all a size oh 12 on the high street. What? Now, I know anyone who looks it up, you can look up Chloe Martin jean sizes and you'll see the what the photo is but like when i say there is a discrepancy it is insane one size of jeans there i would almost say are like for children oh absolutely they're all a uk size 12 that she got on the high street and she puts them all out for ants um 
<laughs> they're gaslighting people is what they're doing. They're fucking she, gaslighting people. It's a picture of seven different pairs of jeans, all a UK size 12. And she just said, as she wrote beside the tweet, in case you've ever wondered why women get so frustrated with their clothes sizes, yeah. every pair of jeans pictured is a size 12. Now, that's what I mean. You know, when we were talking there about like, you know, how difficult it's been for us getting clothes. Like, I'm like, I don't think it's, like, I know some people do have yes. it easier if you're sure. smaller and stuff like that in terms of like the variety you have, but it's yeah. still a very frustrating process. These jeans are so different that I was like, that's what I mean about the five inches up and five inches down that any retailer can go. Totally. So well, Grace, that's. Here's, 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 you know, a thought that I had very recently. I was like basically thinking, you know, why has this been a problem my entire life? Because yeah. why is it that in my 30s, uh, let's say I'm been a similar size for the past like five or 10 years, right? More or less. Yeah. Why has it been hard to find sizes for the size that I am now? But it was also hard to find sizes for the size I was before that. Let's say if I was smaller, yes. if I was younger. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was, you know, mm-hmm. like a preteen, it was hard mm-hmm. to find size for me. Why wasn't I just wearing clothes that were for kids who were a little bit older than me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so yeah. it's just feels like it's, it's just never, there's just never been a right time. So that, so obviously the first thing to do is to kind of blame yourself, but like, yeah. you know, there was a time where I was probably like, you know, when I was like a, a, a like a teenager or preteen, I was probably like half the size, like, like height wise and weight wise yeah. that I yeah. am now. So there were clothes that were smaller. It's just they weren't being made in the fashions that were being marketed to my age or in the shops yes. that I was kind of brought into yeah. that kind of thing. And I think there is definitely a lot more kind of variety. Like, you know, like nowadays you'll see like little kids, like little boys with like cool jeans and like check shirts. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah, that. yeah. like, did not, did not have that when we were kids. You know what I mean? There's some Absolutely kids that are just not. going, there's some kids that are just going around dressed like Mumford and Sons or sort of like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, totally. I'm like, this is the like, coolest kid I've ever seen. Like, like literally, like, literally. Yeah. But that just was not an option when we were growing up. Like, you know, like designer, like ripped jeans and like belts and shit like that. It's like, no, I we was just like always dressed fit. in like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You always wore a fit, but I was always dressed in like biker shorts and like gap jumpers. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Oversized gap jumpers. But no, it's a sad thing to say, why has this been a problem my entire life? And I am the exact same. Like it, when you buy clothes, that look good on you, that you love, that's your style. It is such an amazing experience. Like it actually changes you so much. And to me, it's so upsetting to think that myself or yourself couldn't walk into a a shop on the high street. Couldn't fit in the door. Every time I got stuck in that mother Like the clothes were in there. I just could not physically get inside the shop because of my size. I literally could it's see the door what I sizes. wanted to buy. It's the door sizes that are the real problem, Grace. That's, That's the next the episode. Problem. Door size. Yeah, sorry. But no, but like, it's very upsetting to think that anyone would walk into a shop and knowingly go, yeah, there's nothing in here for me. Like, as in mm. like, What's the point of me? I have to go to a specialist shop. And that in itself is absolute fucking bullshit. If you think about it, and I'm going to talk about plus size clothing now, but if you think about it, we are all part of this society. Every one of us, like all of us, like 
straight sized people, disabled people. We're all like any race, creed, religion. We are all in this one society. And yet you can go into one of the biggest shops, whether it be pennies, H&M, whatever it is, you know, one of the huge, one of these huge shops and go, oh yeah, but we only do these sizes. We only do sizes for a certain portion of the society. And you're like, but you are a massive retailer. So why wouldn't every person be able to go in and find something? Like, why not? Mm-hmm. And that's what what is so frustrating is that like for so long mm. we took it that actually we were the problem. When actually yeah. it's like, no, if you're going to, we're, we all get to live in this society and we all earn money, pay money, whatever. We should be able to go into a shop and know that we can, I don't, shouldn't have to be like, I'm going to have to go to a specialist store now because of my freak ass body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we all deserve to be able to go in and buy some clothes. Like, so to talk about plus size fashion, right? The debate over sizing definitely is an emotional one. You can hear it in Connor's voice. The guy's crying right now, okay? Um, <laughs> but for decades, decades, major retailers generally only catered to basically quite slim consumers. Um, but in America in particular, um, of course, now even talking about America has gotten way more diverse. One of the biggest examples of this is actually Victoria's Secrets, which I'm going to, we're going to do an episode on Victoria's Secrets because it's been so much. I know you don't know ex- what the hell I'm talking about right now, Connor. Well, I know Victoria's what Secrets. it is, but I just don't. <laughs> I, I know you've never seen a bra in your life. What so is her secret? What is her secret? Tell me. Do only women know this? I don't understand. <laughs> what is Victoria's Secret? The secret is she's a bitch. No. Um, <laughs> she's a fat shaming. Anyway. A lot of people always felt like they were turned away from shops like Victoria's Secrets and even mass marketed places like Forever 21 um, because they didn't carry a wider range of sizes in store. Even celebrities like Beyonce and Melissa McCarthy are calling it high fashion designers for ignoring millions of women with curvier uh, figures. Melissa McCarthy is quoted as saying, if I had a friend who's a size six, we can't go shopping together. They literally segregate us. Um, Now, the thing is, part of it actually is a bit of our fault. I know I said we shouldn't blame ourselves, but Connor, here I am blaming ourselves, blaming the victim. I know it's my fault. <laughs> Connor, it actually was your fault the whole time. Studies Damn have it. shown that shoppers prefer to buy clothing labeled with small sizes because it boosts our confidence. Sons of bitches. Okay. I don't yeah, believe that. Thing- I don't believe that. <laughs> well, not? okay. No, okay. Sorry. I see where you're going. It's like a thin inspiration kind of thing. It's like buying Yeah, I mean, listen. I will fit into this after my yeah. diet kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. But what well, I, the reason bad. I jumped on that is because when I go into store, it's only the fucking small sizes that are left. So I'm like, no, people are buying yes. the larger sizes. But I get it. But because I have personally been like, mm, probably don't fit into this today, but tomorrow, <laughs> if I don't eat, we'll see. Because this is the thing, right? So right now, I, you know, uh, let's say I think I'm in between two sizes, okay? But I'm definitely more on the upper size. And yet, for some reason, I have put off buying a pair of jeans in that size. Yeah. For a while now. Yes. Even though the other jeans... I basically need to buy a new pair of jeans and I, it's like I won't go into the shop until I know I can fit into the smaller size. The other ones, the bigger ones will be more comfortable. Yeah, but, and they'll look better, by the way. They'll actually look better. Yes. You know what I mean? On me. However, yeah. I have been on a diet where it was it was told to me, don't buy 
large clothes sizes or don't buy any clothes until you've reached your goal weight or gotten close to your goal weight. Go nude because <laughs> you've reached your goal weight. I'm like, hey, Grace, I'm on this diet where I can't get any new clothes until I lost some weight. So like, get used to it, okay? I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy. You've got your prepped lunchbox with your high protein meal. I'm nude. Yeah, I know that that would be such a uh, great motivation for someone to lose weight. It's like, you can't wear any clothes until you literally lose weight. And you're like, like oh well, my God. It's, a, it's the Adam and Eve diet. You just cover your genitals with a leaf uh, until you reach your And you can only eat leaves. You only eat apples. And actually, apples, apples are forbidden. Apples are forbidden. <laughs> um, but but the, the, the reason was, and this was said on this particular diet, was that buying the larger clothes size is committing to staying fat. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's committing to staying fat. It's saying, it's basically psychologically, you going into the shop and going, if I buy this double XL instead of mm-hmm. the Thinspiration XL, I am saying, yeah, I will be as, I'll be fat until, uh, for as long as I own this shirt, you know? And the, I internalized that. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely internalized that. And, and so, yeah, it's so funny that when you were like, studies have shown, and I'm like, no, they haven't. And then I'm like, actually, <laughs> my experience confirms that they have. And that's all that matters. Matters. <laughs> When, when you so fiercely um, debated yourself there and then disagreed with yourself, that was like Wait, was that a roller coaster for you, Grace? That was like me listening to your split personality. Just <laughs> it's like there's that movie James McAvoy split, and he's like yeah, yeah. twenty three different. That was me. That was there was the there was the thin the person inside me who's trying to eat their way out yeah. of the fat prism, and then there's the real me that's just like, dude, dude, you just gotta wear some shit that fits sometimes, you know. <laughs> But you know what's so funny? That's good personality is exactly what diet culture is. And also what the whole kind of like body positivity thing is now. We are, I have a split personality constantly all the time about this because I will be like, don't diet, it's bullshit. Let's focus on health. Why is being fat bad? And who are you talking to, by the way, when this is happening? (laughs) You're like, okay, here, people, this is what we're going to do. You're just alone in your room. No, I'm in the dressing room. I'm in the dressing, changing room in, in a shop. You're looking like at my back titties giving a, like, giving a presentation okay. <laughs> I, the poor sales assistants in yeah. the shops must be like okay listen this is mentally unhinged woman who keeps coming in we got another one <laughs> got another she's doing her TED talk <laughs> we got another fat person having a mental breakdown um, but I am half the time like just being like body positivity, love your body, blah, blah, blah. And then also being like, oh, but I can't buy the bigger jeans because mm-hmm. then I'm committing to the, yeah. to the fact that I'm bigger. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like, then I, it's, it's such a, it's such, it just shows you once again, we always talk about this, even though we're on this podcast, even though we're talking about these things, even though we're like, we have an anti-diet view of things, blah, blah. We still have to fight these things that we've been taught our entire lives. And even you being taught that by it, how fucked up is that, that someone said to you, oh, don't buy the size you are because mm-hmm. then you're committing to that size, even though you're like, well, that's actually what co- my body will be comfortable mm-hmm. in as well. Like, yeah. you know, when you get to wear clothes that fit you and like you're comfortable in, it may, it changes your whole life. To wear something that is restrictive, you're constantly, pu- like I, I have a belly, so I constantly, if I'm wearing something that's not my size, I'm constantly pulling it down. I'm constantly, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable. I'm, I'm very aware of myself. Oh yeah. Like it's so, wrong that someone said that to you like it's so shit and now that you have it in your head you go well, I can't buy clothes that yeah like me I can't go those jean sizes up even though 
my ass looks amazing in them. You know what I mean? But I can't because then I'm committing to my ass looking amazing <laughs> in those jeans. Grace, I just, the mental picture you have in your head right now as you're talking, you got to keep that. That's your fire. You know, that's like, you're like, just like, yes, my ass looks amazing. <laughs> But Connor, the thing that you um, just said, you know, when you argued with yourself there about something that you then agreed I made some great points on both sides. Let's be fair to me. I feel like I'd go see a debate where you're just debating yourself. But it's a thing, basically the whole study that was done about people preferring, you know, a label with a smaller size is called vanity sizing. Something called vanity sizing, which is the phenomenon of ready to wear clothing that has the same like nominal size becoming bigger in physical size over time, okay? It's well-documented in the US oh, wow, and the UK. Okay. So basically, size and inconsistency existed at least, you know, like, so they, they put it in 1937. There's lots of years being thrown around. But say, like, in the States, in a Sears 1937 catalogue, a size 14 dress had the same bust size of 32 inches. Then in 1967, that very same bust size became a size 8. So it went from a size 14 to a size 8. In 2011, it was a size zero. So it went from a 14 to an eight to a size zero, the same bus size. It's so confusing. It's like the fucking Wild West. They're just having a free-for-all, just like... Well, that's what I mean. Like, they're just allowed to do whatever they want. So some argue that vanity sizing is designed to satisfy wearers' wishes to appear thin and feel better about themselves. So that's the thing. So a woman back in the day in 1937 would have been a size 14 in 2011 with that same size would be a size zero. And she'd go, oh, I get to be a size zero now. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But it also kind of works in the opposite way as well. So... A designer Nicole Miller introduced size zero because of its strong California presence. Um, it introduced sub-zero sizes for naturally petite women. However, increasing size of clothing um, with the same nominal size caused Nicole Miller to introduce size zero, double zero and sub-zero sizes. Size sub-zero. zero, by the way, was like big in the noughties. I remember, I remember that, that like, was a big yeah. buzzword for sure, yeah. The yeah. very like uh, aspirational, unattainable kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, so... Today, clothing manufacturers are often using vanity sizing, the labeling of clothing with smaller sizes, um, so that a pair of size 34 slacks, as they say in the States, might be closer to a size 36 and perhaps even bigger. Um, so it's, it basically, it's just like the Old Navy slacks, Old Navy being a, an American brand, um, measured five inches bigger than their flattering label. So once again, the whole thing of like, you can be... You can be a size four in one brand and a size 10 in another or whatever means that like people really are going into shops and it is actually quite a mental, mentally challenging thing because if then they all go to a certain shop knowing that, oh, I'm a size like 10 in this shop. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd rather go and buy something in this shop yeah. than somewhere else where I might be a size 14. So it is kind of because of our internalized fat phobia. We are also the consumer driving this issue because we are saying we'd prefer to say we're a smaller size. Do you know what I mean? Meaning that like fashion labels then don't want to stick to certain sizing because they want people to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's more complicated, but it's just the fact that it seems, I just want people to know that really 
a lot of places are cherry picking sizing. Yeah, and that's and why what, it's messing what, with your head. What really it comes down to, it's like if you have an idea in your head that like, oh, I've always been this size or a size zero is this like hot and kind of like, you know, chic kind of thing. That really isn't what matters. What matters is like how you feel and how it fits on your actual body because being comfortable is more important than being like uncomfortable and you know maybe five percent more stylish or like you think you're more stylish like it's just comfort if you feel comfortable you'll look better you know yeah and also just like it's trying to this internalized fat phobia never stops connor it never bloody stops um now with plus size fashion okay connor do you think what do you think of um, an issue that came up where I think I it was boohoo.com where a dress that was a size eight <clears throat> was more expensive when it was a size 18. Okay, hang on. That? This is like one of those, like, you know, if a train leaves this station at <laughs> two o'clock with how many passengers yeah. on it. Okay, so the dress was a size eight and it was more expensive than a size 18, you say? No, no, no. So you buy a size, there was basically on the same website, boohoo.com, a dress that came up as a size eight. If you selected it as a size eight, you got your price. But then when you selected the size 18 size, it became more expensive. Because there's more material. That's what their argument was. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what that's what, what I would that? think. I would go, oh, fuck, it's more expensive, but I guess it's more material. But what's annoying is about that is, the default advertised item is probably like, here's the size eight for $20, you know? Yeah. And then you, so you go, oh, cool. That shirt that I like is only $20. You click into it. Oh, it's on a size eight. Let me just select my size, which is, it's 18. Don't tell anyone, whatever. <laughs> no, <laughs> had a bit of a fun time over the holidays. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then you click on 18 and the price goes up like by fucking 20% or 30%, you know? But do you think that it's right? Oh, Jesus. It no, should I think be more expensive. Fucking, no, God, no. I think, I think <clears throat> I get the argument and that's probably how I would take it if I was buying something. I would probably go, oh, that sucks. And I would go, I guess it must be because there's more material. But ultimately, I know all of this, 90% of this stuff is made like, you know, m- mass produced fast fashion you know probably mm-hmm. like you know I, I don't know where boohoo get their shit made but like i mean a lot of the stuff that you just buy is just such poor quality it's like just it's just churned out so fast so i can't imagine a, a size eight actually costs more to make than a size 18 you know and this is the thing right if you're mass produced like whatever about a, a boutique or someone who's like making clothes themselves mm-hmm. do you know what i mean when you're mass producing clothes, you're so right. These things actually, there's a very nominal difference between the cost. And yeah. also I will say this, do they charge more for taller people, shorter people? Because like, actually, wouldn't you, when you think about it, if you have a one massive fabric and you're going to have to pay someone to make the yeah. difference between like petite and all this sort of stuff, the taller people aren't getting charged more from what I can tell. Do you know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. that's what I mean about being in a society like this. Like yeah. they're making such profits, these mass production companies. I can't, I don't buy the argument that it really is, that it's more fabric that they're charging people for. Um, also the plus size industry is becoming, is like one of the largest growing industries. People are buying more into plus size fashion, which is a nice thing after hearing the vanity sizing kind of argument. Yeah. Um, it is a, it is a, there's a, in the UK, plus size women's clothing has had an average industry growth of 1.9% from 2000 to 
from 2015 to 2020 with a market share of 734 million pounds. That's 963 million dollars. Okay. And that's well, 500 billion. In contrast. Yeah. In contrast. In contrast, the UK's clothing sector overall experienced a negative average growth of 0.8% during the same period. So basically plus size clothing grew <clears throat> and the rest of the sector decreased. Okay. So basically at this stage, plus size apparel industry is estimated to be worth 24 billion pounds or $24 billion and 18 billion pounds. Okay. So for someone to say like, oh yeah, we're trillion, charging more yen. because it, yeah, so, yes. I, I know. I keep forgetting the yen. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> But you know what I mean? For someone then to use the argument of like, oh, because it's more clothing. It's like, okay, the argument isn't there anymore. People no. are buying into plus size clothing. You can't say that there's not going to be a profit made because you're using a bit of extra fucking fabric, which might be a few inches. Do you know what I mean? And like, even if it's not a few inches, even if it's a lot more, it doesn't matter. You're well, still making a profit. It's such a, such yeah. a big profit on this. But the volume, and you're mass producing it. Yeah. The volume that these mass produced things are being made at, like, you know, and how much they make and how much they sell it for. Like, I doubt they're saying like, okay, let's sell like, you know, how, whatever units they measure. Let's sell 100,000 tons of this batch of small clothes for this amount of money yeah. and 100,000 tons of this batch of large clothes for this amount of money. You know what I mean? I can't imagine it's being yeah. differentiated like that. It's probably all just sold by the in the one kind of thing. I don't know. I really don't know how that all works, but like... Yeah, I can't imagine well, it's being differentiated it's, I at think, that. I think it's I think it's a big thing of actually the attitude behind the people who run the companies. Okay, so listen to this, because the attitudes have changed quite a bit, right? So Lulu Lemon Athletica is one of the lar- latest retailers now to offer inclusive sizing. The yoga outfitter announced it would expand its apparel to a US size 20, which would be a UK size 24, okay? Um, the move came seven years after the company's chairman said that some women's bodies just don't actually work for their leggings. Okay. In 2005, the chairperson, um, Chip Wilson, great name, um, that that said selling clothes bigger than a size 12, a UK size 16, um, which is the cutoff for straight sizes, would be a money loser for his business. Chip, you're a disgrace to your great name. Chip, yeah, exactly. Um, Chip, you should be chipper. But you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like now they're like, oh, actually, no, we do want it. Why? Oh, why suddenly is it not a money loser? Do you think it's not a money loser mm-hmm. is because there's a greater demand for it? And you're like, oh, suddenly you're like, oh, actually, now we see yeah. every different type of like um, retailer selling like leggings <clears> to, <throat> you know, athletic leggings. Like there's already been a revolution in like the fact that people are like, oh, fat people do exercise. And you're like, I know it's crazy, right? But I like know, we do. But, but like the, the thing is, it's like, and there's probably a much bigger conversation to be had here around kind of, you know, visibility and, you know, dive in uh, to do with diversity that probably not the most qualified person have. But like we say, like, oh, now there's more kind of like, you know, diversity and demand and stuff like that. But it's like these people, like these different, um, you know, races, different body types, like 
have been have always been around you know the, yes. the demand has yeah. always been there the yeah. people have always been there it's just now it's more like you know visible in the market now there's more um uh voices you know people have more platforms online to being like you know talking like drawing attention to these things online so we've just been kind of like suffering in silence for the past however many decades or hundreds of years that we can't find the right no clothes. you're so, you're so right connor like it that's the thing it everyone's like oh but like now it's you, people are coming out of the woodworks. It's like it's because of online. Basically, yeah. I would say things like Instagram and TikTok. I follow so many plus size um, women and men, and you know they try on outfits. They do, you know. And now I'm like, oh yeah, like I can wear this stuff. The mm-hmm. stuff that I've been told before, you shouldn't wear that. It's not going to be flattering, or it's never going to fit you. I'm like, oh my god, they look amazing in that. Like I'm, I look at women who look like me, and I'm like, God, they really look amazing in these clothes. So I'm going to buy these clothes. And because of that visibility and like fair play to them for doing it, because I can't imagine what it's like to put yourself out online like that, mm-hmm. you know, as a bigger person, I just don't, you know, it's hard enough um, getting on in society, but actually just going on and trying on clothes and putting yourself out there like that. They have done a great service to people because now people are like, yeah, actually I can look good. Basically it's like people like Lizzo coming out and you're like, oh yeah, fat people are really right. And this is great. And I can like wear really nice clothes has really brought up the demand for it. And then suddenly these chair people who were like, oh, we could ne- we never wanted fat people in our designs, which is basically what they yeah. were saying, are suddenly like, oh no, now we can make money from it. Isn't that mad? And you're like, yeah, you always could. You just didn't want fat people in your clothes. That's and I think there's there's a massive, you know, discrimination in the fashion industry, you know, that there there are fashion designers who shall remain nameless. You know, I can't think of one fashion designer. It's <laughs> not terrible. <laughs> give me one like you know but um but who will actively say they don't want certain types of people wearing their clothes and for the the most recent thing i saw with that was um and i think you might have watched a few of the episodes of the jonathan van ness's new show on netflix yes Um, yeah and he did an episode around you know non-binary people and non-binary and and he uh is non goes by non-binary and uses multiple pronouns Mm -hmm. And uh, oh yeah, so was, we should say they they them is a for Jonathan then. Jonathan uses yes all okay. pronouns. Jonathan oh, all uses pronouns. Sorry. he she go, they go. Uh, pronouns. All right. Um, but uh, they were basically saying uh, that you know because Jonathan loves to wear like dresses and like different types of like kind of like you know really like you know uh, colorful like outfits and that sort of thing, and you know fashion designers and basically Jonathan was saying that there are certain fashion designers that are like oh, will you not wear our clothes, please? Like, they're not made joking? for, they're not made for, you know, masculine, uh, you know, people. Um, and that's like being really Fucking like, yeah, hell. yeah. So, you know what I mean? So that's the kind of thing that, that and I guess that's like a, a more like a, of an evolution, you know, like, you know, in in the trans community um, because there's more visibility yeah. there. But it's yeah. not totally out of this world to think that, you know, fashion designers would be like, I don't want fat people wearing my clothes. They're not made for fat people. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I sound horrible saying that, but if they're saying that to people who are, like someone who is such an amazing, like public figure, like Jonathan Van Ness, you know, who were saying, oh, we don't want you wearing our clothes. Like, you know, what are they saying to the average person, you know, who they deem Yeah, you know what's so funny as well? I saw Jonathan Van Ness wearing like a, a, a skirt. I think he was, it was like ages, or it was ages ago anyway. And I was like, I really want to get that skirt. <laughs> and I was like, you 
know what I mean? It doesn't matter who's wearing it. If I really like it, I like it. Um, Well, that brings me on actually very nicely to our last little segment here of celebrities and the clothing. Celebritize. Celebrities and plus size fashion. Okay. Okay. Because there's such a lack, like the fact that we're even like, oh, we find it difficult. You would think celebrities would find it a lot easier, as you mentioned with Jonathan Van Ness or anyone like that. Like, but actually this celebrities have come out and said they've even had issues trying to get designers, well-known designers to just like design clothes for them. A.D. Bryant um, of SNL mm. and Trill and Melissa McCarthy. We love um, you, A.D. Hashtag Team A.D. A.D. Um, they both have had to come up with their own clothing lines. Um, mm. Pauline and 7-7 respectively because they've had such issues getting clothing okay, for their bodies. And these are yeah. women who are like in the, you know, zeitgeist. They're a part of yeah, our culture. Definitely. Um, but here's some here are some like little anecdotes. Um Christian Siriano, who I think you might have I don't know if you know, but he wears glasses. He's on Project Runway. Love him. Um, mm-hmm. was praised for offering to dress Leslie Jones, who's also on SNL. You know, mm-hmm. she's um mm-hmm. do you know Leslie Jones? Yeah, she yeah, was of in um Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters and all sorts. Yeah. Uh, but Cristiano She's in that Siriano new pirate show. Pr- she's in our flag means death, actually. Oh, very good. Uh Cristiano Serrano was praised for offering to dress Leslie Jones, okay? Um, who tweeted about, she tweeted about issues she faced trying to find a designer to dress her for the Ghostbusters premiere, right? Oh. And he said, congrats aren't in order, it changes. He tweeted, it shouldn't be exceptional to work with brilliant people just because they're not sample size. Um, in response to this, Barbie Ferreira, who, I don't know if you'd know her, but she's on, um, I was about to say that very young show. What's the, <laughs> oh my God, it's an extremely popular show. I'm totally blind here. Like uh, Euphoria? Euphoria. Yes, yes, Euphoria. She's on Euphoria. And she's the one where all the kids are all doing drugs and shagging each other. <laughs> Not for me now. Um, but Barbie Ferreira, I think, is the one kind of like plus size person sure. on that show. Yeah. Um, and she tweeted, curvy women are not allowed to be edgy, not allowed to be stylish or allowed mm. to explore their looks like everyone else in the industry. So don't expect much from my designer looks in the future until people wake the fuck up. Hearing an actress in a huge film having similar struggles, I feel hopeless. Am I going to have to wear a Sears when I win my Oscar? Very good point. Mm. Um, Dasha Palano, who is in um, Palanzo, Palanco, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, is in Orange and the New Black, uh, was in Orange is the New Black and In the Heights, um, was rejected by a designer brand when she she spent a ton of her own money on over the years. She was rejected by a designer that she had previously spent money on because she was not the sizes they have. Mm -hmm. She vowed that if she was ever asked to wear their clothes in the future, she would not give them the pleasure. She Mm -hmm. told Vogue, I think that Hollywood wise people have, that have influence, have to start making the change and speaking up. Um, The same British Vogue said they struggled to find a designer clothes for Ashley Graham, who's a very famous model. She was doing their cover shoot on British Vogue and the editor-in-chief called out the fashion houses that flatly refused to lend us their clothes and said they were traveling in an unwise direction. In her editor's letter, which is a massive thing for her to be saying, she said, it seems strange to me that while the rest of the world is desperate for fashion to embrace broader definitions of physical beauty, some of our most famous fashion brands appear to be traveling in the opposite direction. Coach eventually gave mon- gave clothes for Ashley for the British uh, Vogue cover. Like that's an yeah. incredible thing to me that like someone who's on <clears throat> the, the cover of British Vogue, yeah. the, like the epitome of like a fashion in the UK can't get a designer 
Mm-hmm. And then we're like, I wonder why ASOS nearly shut down when I gave them my size. And you're yeah. like, I only got three links off this website <laughs> yeah. that's meant to cater for people. Do you know what I mean? Like it, we make it about us when it's like, it's actually the fucking fashion world's problem. Um, uh, also, uh, Tim Gunn, also of Fashion Runway fame, said, I love American fashion industry, but it has a lot of problems. And one of them is the baffling way it has turned its back on plus size women. There is money to be made here, but many designers dripping with disdain, lacking imagination or simply too cowardly to take a risk, still refuse to make clothes for them. This is a design failure and not a customer issue. There is no reason why larger women can't look as fabulous as all other women. Um What's funny is as well, I'm going to give two other examples that I just wanted to show kind of the disparity that's happened throughout the years. But even like if if you lose weight, I like say like Khloe Kardashian talked about, um, she said, I definitely think the fashion industry and people in general look at me more now that I've lost weight. Even on shoots, I would never have had options for clothing. There would always be this attention on Courtney and Kim, but I, and I was too, too much work for the stylist or they had nothing wow. in my size. So that's really interesting when someone's like, you're too much yeah. work for the mm-hmm. stylist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like what? Yeah. And it made me think as well, do you know what you were saying? Like that you agreed that uh, plus size fashion should be more costly. Um, even though then you disagreed with yourself two minutes later. Um, but like, even if you were to look How at that, right? You? Say Kim. How dare you? <laughs> Say I, Kim. Never, I never said such a thing. Hashtag <laughs> team dark. <Darren. laughs> But you know the way, like, you say someone like Kim Kardashian, who has quite a large <clears throat> arse, uh, fair play to her. Grace, come on. Sh- should Grace, she have Grace, to... Grace, pe- you can't talk about a woman's body like that. Come on. <laughs> but she does. She has a great large ass. She's a, fair she's play a to curvy, her. She's a curvy figure. <laughs> but should she have to pay more for jeans? Because there might be more fabric more over material. her arse. <laughs> This, like if you're going to go down this argument mm-hmm. route, then I'm like, yeah. well, then surely Kim Kardashian's like, oh, well, I'm going to have to pay above the odds to cover my derriere. It doesn't make sense to me because then you have to start going into like the nitty gritty. It does. Um, it does. And like, I mean, you know, like I, I'm surprised that we don't do more stuff just around height in general. You know what I mean? Because yeah. someone who's like six foot is going to be absolutely wildly different. Like the, the length of someone's torso is oh, going to yeah. be, if they're a six foot versus someone who's like five foot or whatever, you know, like that's going to just dr- like differ like drastically. Yeah. So it's just Have mad. you ever seen, have you ever seen Kira Knightley's torso? It's amazing. Fair play to her. Go for her. But that thing is long. It goes on for <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, it goes on for days. And yet she is like clothed by Coco Chanel all the time. She, she's like the face of Coco Chanel. So Chanel are all over her. And I'm like, well, that Coco torso Chanel is going like, to cost some money. We need more material in the torso region. Oh my God. We're running out. The factory's going to shut down. <laughs> quick. Okay. Quick two other little anecdotes. Um, the last uh, in Mindy Kaling's book, um, one of the last sentences of a particular summary um, of a chapter called uh, When You're Not Skinny, This Is What People Want You To Wear. Um, <laughs> at, a photo show for, at a photo shoot for People Magazine's Most Beautiful Feature in 2011, Mindy, who said she was obviously thrilled to be included, realized that apart from a depressing navy sack dress, the stylist had only pulled size zero gowns. There was about eight sizes, that, that's about eight sizes down from what Mindy would typically wear. Sure. For breathing purposes. In the end, Mindy demanded that the beautiful pink dress she wanted to wear be altered on the spot. Nice. She said the seamstress literally cut open the back of one of the gowns and quickly added about a foot of canvas material yeah. to the back, pinned it together and put it on me. Yeah. 
And she said, like, she just demanded. She was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear this really depressing dress. Hell yeah. Because you haven't included me. They haven't made a fucking in this effort. Process. They haven't yeah, made a fucking exactly. effort. In, uh, at that it. level, at that level, yeah. they haven't made an effort. Like, that is so frustrating to hear. Um, cause then, okay. So then that, that puts the person in the position of having to be difficult, you know, having to kind of speak up for themselves. And oh, yeah, for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, you're going, Hey, the cl- thing that I want to wear, I am too big to fit into that. So you have to do some fucking, you know, additional work to make that happen. That's hard for someone to say, like, you have to be fucking really gutsy to be able to, you know, say that in a room full of people and then. To just like make a stand like that is so, it's it's so powerful, I think, of a thing to to have done, but you shouldn't have to do that, you know? And also, as we said, like, you know, being any person who isn't a straight size, whether you're fat, chubby, whatever you are, Mm -hmm. it is a very difficult thing to, to go, actually, none of this fits me. This doesn't fit. Oh, totally. It is, I could cry. If I had to say that in front of a bunch of people, I'd cry. Mm. Even now I'd feel like I'd need to go into the back and be like, oh my God, get myself together. But fair play to her for going, okay, not only does this fit me, you haven't done your job right because Mm -hmm. I am in this magazine. You knew I was going to be here. Have one look at me. I'm not going to be a size zero. So Mm -hmm. it's up to you to make these dresses fit me. And that's what I want to end the episode on is clothes should fit you, not the other way around. You do not have to fit clothes. Clothes should fit you. And because of the way that the fashion industry is set up, it is letting down, I think about 90% of people. <laughs> and if you're in the 10%, God bless you. I hope you're having a great old time. But like for most people, it is letting people down. You are not the problem. The fashion industry is the problem. And it goes so far back that even listen to this, the legendary Aretha Franklin in the 1980s publicly asked both Calvin Klein and Valentino to please make 14s because their ranges didn't go beyond a 12 and these are US sizes she said I became enraged every time I see the Valentino line please if you won't do a 14 you're making the girls who wear a 14 very unhappy please do me a special order like that's imagine like one of the greatest singers in our time having to having to go out and go hey I Mm. you are not making clothes for me it goes like even the people who are at the top Beyonce said the same thing apparently she was like at the beginning, her mum had to make all of their clothes for Destiny's Child because they they go into shops and they simply wouldn't have sizes for like four curvy girls. Yeah. By the way, like we're mm-hmm. still quite small girls. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that's what I mean. You are not the problem. If you've been the great Aretha Franklin, we need some respect up in here. Okay? Thanks for listening to this episode of Fad Camp. As always, we want to thank our producer, Darren Lee. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Great ratings and reviews really help more people find the show, and it would mean a lot to us. Make sure to share the episodes with friends and family or on your social media. Every listen helps. And we absolutely love hearing from our listeners. So please get in touch with any of your diet stories on fadcamppodcast at gmail.com. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more 
or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 